Tommy Lloyd and the Arizona Wildcats have gotten even bigger, more physical. Will that help them for a unique Pac-12 season coming forth? And what more could Arizona do to continue to boost their identity? You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, making it your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, um, and again, your team every day. All right, as we talked about yesterday, Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats have a commitment now from a mountain of a man right there. Seven foot two, 245 pound, Motius Crevis. All right, now. When you look at him, Crevis is obviously the epitome of a true center right there. He is massive. He is huge, 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 huge. He's immediately the biggest player on the team, and Arizona has some very big players on this team now. You just look across the board, and you've got a, uh, um, what, you got four or five seven-footers. So you got Crevis, seven foot two, 245 pounds, obviously huge. Then you got Umar Ballo, who merely six foot 11, 245, 250 pounds. Then you got Henry Vasar, seven foot 230. Dylan Anderson, seven foot 245. Then you're going to be adding another player or two in there. Wink, wink. So that's where the Arizona roster is from a size perspective. Now, how do all these players fit in right here? So Umar Ballo is going to start. Um, I'm not breaking any news right there. I don't have any special insight. I can just tell you that Umar Ballo is going to start. And Umar Ballo starting net or Umar Ballo will um uh Umar Ballo, let's be honest here. Right now, he is the um uh he is going to play 28 minutes per game. You know, there's no doubt about it. He has earned the right to play 28 to 30 minutes per game. But with Umar Ballo, the one thing we do know is that he is a true center. He is not, doesn't give you a ton of position flexibility. He's not going to be able to play the four at some points or anything like that. Umar Ballo is going to play the center position and the center position only. And that's where it becomes interesting, too, with Motias Crevis because um, Crevis is about, um, I don't know, about, again, like we said, 7'2", 245, and it's not like he's busting threes out there, so he's going to take a little bit of a, uh, he's going to play minutes at the five. I don't see any scenario where those two guys are on the court together, and you know what, that's okay, especially if this is Umar Bello's last season. Not that we want Umar Bello out, because again, anytime you can keep a leader of men around, you keep that leader of men around, which Umar Bello is. Now, um, at that uh, power forward spot, it's interesting, because you got a couple guys that give you a little bit more position flexibility, plus you're going to be adding somebody here. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see, and again, I get it. I get it. He did not perform great this past year, but I'm very interested to see what um, uh, what uh, Henry Vasar can do at that power forward position. Keep in mind, Big Henry um, is a guy who, you know, shot. Uh, I know that he hasn't shot well in practice or in games. I totally get that. Totally get it. But 
If you watch Big Henry in practice, Big Henry can really, really, um, Big Henry can really, really shoot the ball. I know it doesn't show, but in practice, it does show. If he, and again, it's his freshman year, he goes out there and maybe he gets a little bit of run. Um, and, uh, and, you know, get some of those nerves out. He's going to be a sophomore now. So if you were to tell me that Henry could shoot 30-something percent from three, I could totally see it. Now, defensively, it's interesting um, because he's not going to ever be the player that is going to, um, uh, let's see here, to put it mildly, probably be able to D up somebody in a three-point stance out at three-point range, but he can block shots. And not only can he block shots, um, he can move well enough. Again, it's not like he's he's not a gazelle out there, not any of that, but he can move well enough. And that's what I think you're in, you're looking at if you're Arizona. What can he move like? Where can he uh, where can he get to on the court? So I think there are some minutes for him to be had at that power forward position. Um, Dylan Anderson, I think, is more of a straight five at this point, but. There are teams that will employ bigger lineups at that point. Maybe you can slide DA in there as well. Now, there's another player that we're not going to mention his name because, again, generally I like what the international players like to let them have their uh, day in the sun right here. But another player who's about six foot eight, uh, 220, 230 pounds. He's very, very good. Um, where I do have some questions about Crevis and how good he's ultimately going to be at the U of A, a main reason that I have those is because um, you watch him and he's kind of, he's a big dude. He's kind of heavy footed, but again, Tommy Lloyd, this is Tommy Lloyd's uh, area. So certainly going to, you know, lead, lend the expertise to him or not lend or, but to seed the expertise to him. But uh, this new player we're talking about, he is, um, he's, he's different. He's a, uh, he's power forward. He's probably got a little bit of three in him. Not much. Again, anytime somebody says that they have, they're a kind of a combo forward, I take that is that they're a four that wants to try to prove that they can play the three, but they probably can't play the three. That's generally the way these things break down. Um, now, with, uh, um, with uh, uh, this other player, there's more of a chance of him starting, in my opinion. Now, again, um, with international guys, I always take it a little bit with a grain of salt just because I never quite know what to expect from them. But there is a chance that he's going to start. There is a chance that he would start. And out of all the uh, international guys that Tommy Lloyd has brought in, whether that is Henry Vesar, whether that's uh, uh, Dama Ball, whether that is uh, Philly P., um, uh, Crevis, uh, the unnamed player is the guy who I think can play. Uh, I, I have the most, uh, I have the most faith in becoming an instant impact player. He's again, he's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good get for the university of Arizona. I'd, ima I'd imagine that becomes public here in the next couple of weeks. And at that point we will name his name and we will go a little bit further into uh, what he provides right there. Um, but the big the front court is kind of taking shape right here now. Kashad Johnson, kid from San Diego State. Uh, who knows? Uh, he hasn't committed to anybody yet. Um, I know Arizona is still recruiting him. Arthur Kaluma is another player. Those are your domestic options right now. Um, but that's kind of where it's at. So right now you got Vasar, you got Crevis, you got Dylan Anderson, you got Umar Ballo, you got mystery international player, and um, that's kind of where it's at. Now, um, are any of these players going to replace Azulis Tabellis? No, of course not. They're not going to replace Zoo because, quite frankly, uh, 
Uh, you're not going to probably find any international player that's going to average 20 and 10 like Zoo did. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, now, let's talk about Bird Dog. All right. BirdDog.com backslash locked on college. All right. Um, Bird Dog, you want to look snazzy going outside. A lot of times people are a little uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I don't really like how this fits. I don't really like, you know, how I'm walking around or how it looks. Bird Dog is here to the rescue. Bird Dog says, we're here. We're going to make you shorts that feel comfortable, that feel good, and that you can be proud of as well. Again, use code word locked on or use uh, birddogs.com backslash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a free tumbler with every purchase right there. Bird Dog, it's taking the nation by storm and it's only getting bigger. Go check it out and see what everybody's talking about right there. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, so now that Arizona's front court is taking shape, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the perimeter and now how we kind of see that stacking up against the rest of the conference. Uh, right now, your starting lineup on the perimeter is probably set. You, you got um, Kylan Boswell is going to run the point. You got Jaden Bradley back there as well. And then you got Pella Larson. Now, I'm not sold on Pella as a starter, mainly because I watched Pella last year and he was terrible in a starting role. And immediately when he went to the bench, he became good. So, you know, take that for what it's worth right there. But I am not sold on Pella Larson as a starter. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, what I am sold on, though, is that Pella Larson, Jaden Bradley and Kylan Boswell are all going to play 30 plus minute, 30 minutes per game. That means that there's another spot out there for somebody to come in and play real minutes, somebody that's a real hooper. Um, and I mean like a 25-minute-per-game role, and whether that's a starter, whether that's you know competing with Pella, whatever the case may be for that starting spot. Um, but this guy needs to be a ball handler. they got to be able to shoot, uh, defend a little bit, and preferably be able to break some players down. I know I basically just asked for a lottery pick right there. Don't expect that, but I need somebody that's talented. I can't just have roster filler. I need to have a player who is an impactful player because, again, uh, love Philly B and everything he stands for. I don't believe Philly B is probably ever going to play at the U of A. Again, would love to be wrong on that one. Um, KJ Lewis, I am a big, big fan of KJ. Um, I think he's underrated. I think the scouting services have missed the boat up on him a little bit, but he's probably going to take some time as well. So Arizona's got to get another ball handler in there. They got to get another scorer in there. And I have no doubt that Tommy Lloyd will be able to do that because that's how that's how Tommy Lloyd rolls right there. Now, um, if you're uh if you're wondering where Arizona could be, um, who they could be looking at. I don't know, but I would just say this, and I keep saying this over and over again. Look to the names that have declared in the NBA draft uh, uh, who could uh, possibly return. There's probably some names in there that Arizona's going to get. A la a Courtney Ramey. Keep in mind, Courtney Ramey was declared. He wasn't added to the roster until summer. That's kind of where it's at right there. Now, the rest of the conference is going to be interesting. Let's talk first about UCLA. Um, UCLA is weird because... This is going to be the first year that Mick Cronin basically has all of his own guys. Kind of like Tommy Lloyd, although it was a little bit different. Uh, Tommy Lloyd got players, but they were essentially one and done or uh, from Sean Miller or they were two and done. 
They weren't essentially, that is what it was. Mick Cronin had the benefit of having Jaime Hawkes for three years, Tiger Campbell for three or four years. Guys that, you know, were not committed to him, did not play for him originally. Um, and they were obviously the backbone of that program, the backbone of that franchise. Um, with, uh, with Arizona, um, obviously it was a little bit different. But you look at UCLA, you lost Hawkes. You're probably going to get back Jalen Clark at that uh, small forward spot. But Jalen Clark, I would imagine Jalen Clark's probably going to be battling some injury issues. Um, because, again, you, when you tear your Achilles, you don't just come back in eight months from it like you're better than ever. Um, I would imagine he gets back about midseason. Um, and, again, I don't really know what to make of what he's going to do, but Jalen Clark is, was fantastic pre-injury. Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and uh, deservedly so, one of the five or six best players in the conference. I think UCLA could have probably won a national title if he had stuck or, or if he didn't get hurt. Um, then after that, you got a Dem Bona. Bona, I believe, will come back. Uh, the big man, uh, not a great player, but he'll certainly be one of the better bigs in the conference, probably get him about 12 and 8 with a couple blocks, something like that. But then after that, it's a bunch of question marks. I do like Dylan Andrews at the point former top 40 kid. But again, he's going to be in a new role right now. So that's something that you obviously got to keep in mind uh, as he does slide over to that new role right there. Then uh, you lost uh, pretty much your front court depth as well. So UCLA right now is kind of running a skeleton man crew um, because some of the other players that, I mean, I don't really need to mention Will the Will McClendons of the world and whatnot, but uh, UCLA right now on paper, not very good. Now, Mick Cronin's probably going to get some players because, again, Mick Cronin's shown that he's a decent recruiter. He's also shown that he's a decent coach as well. So, again, um, the uh, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Now, the two schools, and we talked about this last week, uh, USC and Oregon, those are definitely going to be the, uh, at least from a talent perspective, those are going to be the two best teams in the conference. Uh, you see USC will be the preseason of favorite to win the conference. Let's talk Oregon first. Uh, Oregon's probably returning the best big in the conference and in Folly Dante. Um, if Dante stays healthy, I would expect him to average 20 and 10. Um, he is, he's that dominant of a player. He is, uh, again, he's, he's next level type dude. And then, um, next to him, you got a couple different options. You could go with, uh, uh, KJ Evans, five-star, uh, big man, uh, out of Georgia, or you could go with Nate Biddle or, you could go with a supersized lineup and play both those and go with kind of a zone right there, which it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dana Altman did. Because again, you got seven foot, six eleven, and six ten, and they can all move pretty well. And then on the perimeter, you got Devin Cambridge, the crummier Cambridge from ASU. Um, you've got Jackson Shellstad, probably gonna run the point top 25 kid out of Oregon, um, who'll maybe split time with Keyshawn Bartholomew. And then you got Mookie Cook. Um you got a lot of NBA players on this team. You got a lot of players that project as uh, uh, players that are already on the U NBA's radar. Now, you do have to remember, though, that USC – or, excuse me, Oregon's been a little dysfunctional these last couple of years. Dana Altman's obviously a great coach, but it is what it is. You know, the, when you're – they've been a little dysfunctional, and I think at the end of the day, that also comes back on the coach at that point. Um, so that's certainly something to keep in mind right there. Um, but – 
overall, I think this should be a pretty good, uh, pretty good Oregon team and a team that I think could probably bounce back a little bit from past years. Now let's talk about the favorite in the conference and maybe some under the radar teams. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, now, we're going to talk a little bit about USC. Because, again, USC is kind of the – USC is the team where – USC is the team where – a lot of people diss on Andy Enfield. Um, I don't really understand why they do because he's done a really good job. I mean, you look at what he's done at uh, USC the last three years or four years, 99 and 34, 58 and 22 and 26 in conference, whatever it is. The dude's won a lot of games. Um, and not only has he won a lot of games, he's put a lot of dudes in the NBA. He's got an elite eight in there as well. So I believe the guy can coach. I think there's a lot of people that don't really get uh, get that aspect, but whatever. Um, but his lineup next year is insane, and on the perimeter, it's probably one of the three or four best in the entire country. Uh, you've got Isaiah Collier at the point. He's the number one, arguably the number one player coming in in the entire country, um, and he's a point guard right there. Uh, figure he'll slide in immediately and uh, play. Then – you got Boogie Ellis, who every uh, Wildcat fan knows about Boogie Ellis because Boogie Ellis uh, has been around at USC, it seems, for 35 years, even though he's had two stops before then. And Boogie Ellis is utilizing his uh, utilizing another opportunity right here to play more college basketball. So that's where uh, Boogie Ellis is. And I think if you were to come up with a preseason conference player of the year, it would probably be either in Folly Dante or Boogie Ellis. Then at that three spot, you got Bronny James. I know Bronny is a polarizing figure. And while Bronny certainly isn't his dad, Bronny is still very good. Bronny is an NBA player. Um, in what capacity, I don't know. But he probably is going to be good for nine or ten points, good defense, four or five uh, rebounds, three or four assists. So that's going to be your perimeter right there. And then you're going to have a Kobe Johnson most likely coming off the bench, or maybe you put him at the four. And then up front, you're also loaded. You got big Vince the Prince. I think Vince uh, Vince Iwachukwu is going to be fantastic this year. If he stays healthy, I bet you that he is a first-team all-conference and an NBA draft pick, um, can score, can run the court, can just do a lot of different things really well for you. Then you got uh, you got Josh Morgan. Uh, kid out of Long Beach State originally, where he was the uh, WAC Defensive Player of the Year as a freshman. Um, he is the uh, um, or the West Coast, or whichever conference it is. Um, then actually the WAC. Then you've got uh, him next there, so you got two shot blockers right there. That's one thing that Andy Enfield's teams always have. They always have multiple shot blockers. And so the team fits pretty well, and again, it's a really talented team, and sure, Andy Enfield's probably not the best X's and O's coaches in the world, but you know what? He's more than good enough, and his track record certainly shows that he is more than good enough. So those are the teams right there. I think Arizona fits squarely in that third spot right there. Um, And who knows? Tommy Lloyd has already surpassed expectations every year that he's been here. Maybe uh, with a little bit of toughness, that comes to fruition in an even bigger way this coming year. But there's a lot to like right there. There is a ton to like about this team. And – not only is there a ton to like about this team, um, you know, we'll we'll just see how everything lines up. But I think a third place finish at the worst for Arizona is what we should expect. Um, it is funny looking at some of the other schools because there's some real uh, 
there's some real bad teams here. Um, Cal is going to be really bad. I like hiring Mark Madsen, but Cal is going to be really bad. Stanford's going to be really bad because Jared Haas is terrible. Colorado should be decent. Um, again, not great, but decent. ASU in vintage ASU form. This was the year that it looked like they were going to have a loaded roster and they have lost pretty much everybody. Um, now maybe Bobby Hurley makes it work by bringing in a, a variety of new players, whatever the case may be. Um, but I don't really see that one working uh, as well. And so you got a lot of teams that are kind of also Rams this year and Washington, Washington State don't really matter either. But that's just kind of the way the Pac-12 is. But fear not, we admit nothing here in the Pac-12 because the Big Ten is a terrible basketball conference. And every year uh, they talk about how they're the best conference in the country and they get 35 teams into the tournament and they all lose in the first round. So we will not be, we will be like the Big Ten. We will admit absolutely nothing on this show about the Pac 12 other than the fact that it's the best conference in college basketball. Okay, now I'm going to sign off right here. As always, thank you for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats. <laughs>